0: here's my thing with food trucks I love the idea like they watch, are overly
1: they're price. overpriced and the food's always eh, okay because it's yeah, like, and and of then, a truck and <laughs> then you go <laughs> what <laughs> they make the five dollars <laughs> for one taco
0: <laughs> hey book friends this is Corey thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also, a heads up so that we can have a rich and in depth conversation, there may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Welcome to episode two of our Summer 2018 Summer Series. Again, in honor of our first anniversary, we are mixing things up and taking our show on the road. Today, we are completing an on-site recording at Leah Leaf Tea House in Flagstaff, Arizona with the owner, Christine. And again, with that said, keep in mind that the quality, quality of our show might sound a little different as we recor- are recording in a new space. All right, so let's kick things off with Christine. Um, welcome. Thank you.
2: So happy to have you guys here. Thanks for
0: having us. Yeah. And thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're in this awesome little nook all cozied up together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Christine, we'd love for you just to start talking a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you start a tea house? Uh, what is your background? Anything you want. All right. So,
2: um, I think my background is a little, it's probably pretty different than what uh, a lot of people may think. I did, so originally, I'm from Seattle. Uh, grew up there, went to, did my undergrad. At Western Washington University. Um, I majored in physics. What? and Did astronomy and math minors because oh so I wanted to be wanted to go into astronomy. <laughs> um, and so then I came to NAU for my masters, and I did my I got my masters in the applied physics program, and did um, uh, I did my my thesis was on uh, Martian impact craters. And what they can tell us about the history of water on Mars. Stop. It was really interesting, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there aren't very many jobs (laughs) in (laughs) astronomy, so so, it's probably not too surprising. Um, So then I got a job at Gore. um, Here they make like Gore Tex, most people know about Gore Tex, and I was an engineer there for about six years. And just, um, I don't know, I think I had a very romantic view of what an engineer does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't, I, I really love school. I love like going really deep into any subject and, uh, and that's not really, you don't, you don't really necessarily get to do that in right. the industry. So it was pretty early on I realized I didn't love it. Um, and I wanted, I always kind of wanted to do my own thing. Tea was something I'd always been into, even from when I was a little girl. I remember we'd go to like, we go to Shanghai Gardens, <laughs> at the Chinese local Chinese restaurant, and we'd get the oolong tea. And it was just such a, you know, it was just such a ritual that I really loved. And uh, I kind of, I don't know, started from there and started. I think when I had a white tea was the first time I really liked. I like. Oh my gosh, this is I didn't even know that this is what. Uh, tea could be mm-hmm. and so I just really immersed myself in it and, and the tea world is so rich so deep and it's it's just so incredible it's easy to fall into it mm-hmm. and so when I and I started to see like trends where the American um, American society seems to be accepting tea more mm-hmm. so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to kind of go into it and
1: um, yeah so that's kind of how we leave really Came about. to existence. <laughs> <laughs> and is there anything special about Leah Leaf? I think you mentioned that you usually just do single origin teas. Yeah, so
2: single origin teas really are my passion, mm-hmm. uh, but I definitely understand that that's not how most people get into tea. And that's not, I mean, I, you know, I have that experience with the oolong tea at the uh, Chinese restaurant, but also, you know, it's like chamomile tea, like herbal teas, and things like that. So, you know, I definitely understand that that's, you know, single origin teas aren't necessarily so approachable. For uh, for a non-tea drinker, so what I've tried I've tried to do here is make it really approachable for somebody who doesn't know what tea is. Um, we have lots of different specialty tea drinks we call them, which are you know mixtures of different teas and spices and syrups and milks and things like that. And those are definitely more I guess attainable for the general public. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, they still have really high quality teas in them. And then when people are ready, you know we have this really great menu of really nice single origin teas that you know, I would love to introduce people to mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so I try to like hold people in right you know and then um, and then like show them what tea really can be. And single origins, would you mind it describing it? So single that? origin tea just means that it's an unblended tea mean everything in it it came from a single harvest. okay. So that's going to be your, you know, your white teas, unblended white teas, unblended green teas, black, oolong, yellow. We don't have any yellow teas. There's there. yellow tea? It's very, um, it's, yeah, there is a, it's, it's the sixth, um, tea category. Okay. But they're, um, they're really hard to come by. Okay. Especially in America. And then, um, Pu-erh or dark teas. Okay. Yeah. So anything that's unblended from a single harvest, single,
0: is a single origin tea. Where do you uh, prefer to source your teas from? Like, what what country or what type of tea is your favorite that you like to introduce to people here? Yeah, so
2: I have I have a few, a couple different suppliers um, for like for our single origin teas in particular. I have one supplier. They're out of uh, Minnesota, Minnesota actually, and they have a lot of direct farmer relationships throughout the world. Oh, cool! Um, Primarily in India, they're definitely really active there. So I purchase a lot of the single origin teas from them um and then the we do purchase some blended teas that I've tried I think are really awesome so like you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know try to it's a good tea so why not just buy so I do buy those from a from a actually there's one company in Boulder Colorado that has some good blended teas and then we have a bunch of teas here that we blend ourselves Mm -hmm. so those are just by the herbs from um herbs and spices and things from actually a, a company in Oregon. Mountain Rose Herbs, I think, is amazing. Okay. So, yeah, they kind of come from all over the place.
0: So would Earl Grey be considered a blended tea then? Yes. Okay, because it yeah. has stuff in it. Yeah, so
2: it's typically, it is the actual tea leaf is a uh-huh. single origin a lot of times. However, then it's then scented. So that's, okay. a, that's a scented tea. So it's scented with um, okay. oil of bergamot
0: scented. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: so
1: that's interesting. I've interesting. And there are
2: some traditional scented teas, like another one is uh, Lapsang Sushong, mm-hmm. and that's a Chinese black tea that's scented with pine smoke. Oh. And that tr- is a traditional okay. Chinese tea. Uh-huh. Um, so, so just because it's maybe not single origin doesn't mean it's not traditional. Like another another common one, blended tea, is Gen oh. Maicha. Japanese green tea blended with puffed rice, and that's still a traditional Japanese green tea hmm. that's not in origin. Interesting. So we do have we do have
1: those teas as well. Yeah, uh, scented and blended teas, mm-hmm. traditional and non-traditional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you get to um, be a scientist when you blend your teas? Like, yes. is that kind of like your little hook? <laughs> yeah, little of, I get to yeah, go yeah, back yeah. to science. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm um, coming up with like the different. Uh, blends that we do here it's it's definitely like you know a little bit of this a little bit of that okay taste that how did that work okay change one ingredient Mm -hmm. a little bit see how that works and then yeah it takes definitely takes some time sometimes it's just real simple it's like oh these two things are gonna work great together but other times when you have like sometimes if you have like especially if you get like four or more ingredients Mm -hmm. then it can be
1: takes a little bit longer to get a good balance do you have a tea taster for yourself to do it or do you just taste the tea um
2: i so i'll taste i'll try to get it to a, a place where i think it's pretty good uh-huh. and then i'll have a few variations from that and then i'll have staff taste those oh, okay. okay and then figure out
0: and then they'll say like Yay, nay, yeah. yeah a little more of this a little yeah. less of that yeah okay what, uh, so what is your all-time favorite tea? Like, if you were going to sit down and fix yourself a cup of tea today, what would be your go-to? I would pick silver needles. What, what is silver? It's a white tea. Okay. It's a traditional Chinese white tea. It's a bud-only tea.
2: It's beautiful to look at. It's, it's So so when you're plucking the tea, um, there's there's different levels or qualities <laughs> of pluck. And if you're plucking just the, the bud that has yet to unfurl, mm-hmm. it's that's a that's, like, the finest pluck you can can have, and it's, um, the bud is, like, there's so many cool things about it. One thing is, it has, like, you know, like, on the bottom side of a leaf, a lot of times you'll get, like, those, like, downy hairs, Mm -hmm. so the bud has those, and it's, like, it's, like, a, I mean, it looks like a little silver needle, really, and it has these little downy hairs on the outside, and when you, when you uh, brew the tea, those little hairs actually come off into the into the mug, and when you're drinking it, it really, like, it really makes it feel soft in your mouth. No. It's a really, like, full mouthfeel, and you can get those with other, um, other fine-plec teas, but the Silver
1: Needles is really, white tea is just a really, it's, a, I think, a really special tea. What yeah. do you think some of the health benefits are of white tea? So, white tea is
2: minimally oxidized tea, so, like, a green tea would be unoxidized, and then white tea is just, is really minimally oxidized, and, um, I mean, most, so all tea really has very similar health benefits, with the exception of the antioxidants being, you know, that will depend on what type of tea you're drinking, but um, in general, yeah, you're definitely getting antioxidants, um, catechins in particular are a really powerful uh, set of antioxidants that, that live in the tea leaf. Um, and then another thing, amino acids, and one in particular is called L-theanine, mm-hmm. and that is... That is a really incredible amino acid that... Um, I don't know, I could talk, like, I could talk forever <laughs> just about that alone. And that's really what I think... Like, it, it actually... I guess, like, briefly, it it looks like... A, this molecular structure is extremely similar to a neurotransmitter that our body produces mm-hmm. called GABA, okay. which is like... It's like an opposite of adrenaline. It makes you feel... Like, it promotes a feeling of well-being, of calmness, uh, relaxed alertness, and so L-theanine because it's so molecularly similar to GABA, it actually boosts our body's ability to get into that state. Oh. And and so yeah, tea, a high quality tea that has a high level of L-theanine, it really is like it's like the weed anxiety like <laughs> yeah like like you can be prescribed that I mean interesting it's really yeah it's, it's really interesting and it, and it can like send your, your brain into the alpha wave state and oh wow
0: it's mm-hmm. it's really incredible so awesome. for people that maybe have anxiety or yes. adrenal gland issues that would be a really great thing to keep in mind with tea yes huh.
2: definitely okay. yeah any high quality like yeah any high quality first flush mm-hmm. early harvest There's tea
0: Okay. Would what do be we best? mean by first flush?
2: So first flush, that's... The flush is how you distinguish what harvest it is of the season. So the first flush happens uh, usually in early spring, and it's definitely the prized harvest of the year. It's the most flavor, It produces the most flavorful tea because the, the plant has laid dormant all winter, and all of those chemical compounds have built up in the plant. And then that first... Um, you know the the first flesh, the first growth new growth of the year is going to have the highest concentration of all of the chemicals in the tea mm-hmm. and which produces the most flavorful uh, mm-hmm. cup so so you'll if you see anything if if you see anything designated as first flesh, then that's always going to be a really high quality very flavorful tea uh, you'll also see second flesh designated but beyond that you don't they don't really designate it as a certain flesh because it's the I don't know. The
1: first and second are definitely the, mm-hmm. the, best, the, the best. They're going to have the most concentration of the yes. stuff. Yes. Okay. So then that kind of leads me to the re-steep or not re-steep. Oh. So,
2: yeah, totally. Re-steeping is, um, you know, if you're drinking tea specifically for the health benefits, then re-steeping, maybe you're not going to get, yeah, you're definitely not going to get as much mm-hmm. in that second cup, second, third, fourth, or fifth cup, but... Um, I don't know, why not? You know, like... <laughs> I just feel like it doesn't, like, have
1: any flavor after the second steep.
2: Well, so you can't... So, yes, very
0: true.
2: Uh, re-steeping, you, not all teas are meant to be
1: re-steeped. Yeah. That's for sure. Do you have any, uh, off the top of your head, what sort of teas are meant to be re-steeped? Uh,
2: so, a really classic example of a, a tea that's meant to be re-steeped is an oolong tea. Okay. Uh, typically a semi-ball-rolled oolong or so oolongs will come in different shapes but often they're rolled or in in either a tight or a semi-ball roll and those are really classic um meant to be re-steeped like there's this this poem um called it i think it's the tea master's poem about seven cups of the same Mm -hmm. oolong tea that he's re-steeping and with each cup what different flavors come out and like what makes how it makes them feel and everything so yeah oolongs are traditionally meant to be re-steeped but really any I mean a blended tea I wouldn't re-steep because the things that it's the tea is blended with probably aren't going to re-steep very well right. so like anything that's herbal mm-hmm. teas like those are just you know one and done right um but any high quality single origin tea you should be able to re-steep what about black tea yeah 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 a nice so we have this one Actually, that's like one of my favorites right now. It is the first flush Darjeeling that receives really well. Oh, okay. Um, three cups. Nice. That I I've been drinking a lot lately. Yeah.
1: So. Do you add anything
0: to your teas, or do, do you just drink it? Yeah, I just yeah. drink it straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I don't. Yeah. I like a little sweetener in my coffee, but tea typically. Yeah. I I don't know. I find it distracting.
2: <laughs> yes, I drink. I put um I put creamer in my coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. I drink coffee every day. Mm-hmm. In the morning. <laughs> and then tea, okay. and then do tea for
0: the rest. <laughs> I'm all about the hot drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What has um, I certainly have been here a couple times and had some of your fun blended tea mm-hmm. special and special teas. Uh, what has been your most popular uh, tea? Like if you were gonna what would our like what is your signature drink do you think that if you uh, would tell people to try when they come in? I think I mean our chai
2: is definitely chai is definitely something that's really approachable from mm-hmm. a lot of people and, and I think our chai is a good tie. I really, I spent a long time, a long time on it, and um, yeah, I think it's a good one. So that's that's definitely one of the most popular. When it's cold, when it's colder out, we also have our gray rose, which is like a play on a London fog. That one's really that's probably. Yeah, the, the hot chai and the one or the gray rose are the two popular ones. Is that
0: the one with the little bud on top yes. of it? Yes. Oh, that looks so pretty. Yeah,
2: in yeah, and it looks pretty.
0: So people like to So, <laughs> so <Instagram-able>. Instagram
2: <laughs> is blowing up. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one is the Earl Grey tea, and it's actually it's real Earl Grey. It's used actually with oil of bergamot. It's not just the you know the the fake like natural flavor flavor oil of bergamot. Um, so it's real. Real Earl Grey, and then we steep it with rose petals, and then we make a house vanilla syrup that we
0: and then mix with uh, milk. of your choice. That, really that nice. one, yeah. <laughs> it It is good. nice. Yeah, it was yeah. Good. yeah, What about right yeah. now in the summer? do you have an iced um, one that you like? Iced ones. So we have a we have a
2: Thai iced tea that we call the Tay Siam, and that has a very specific reason why it's called that way. It's kind of convoluted, but <laughs> so Tay. It looks like the and the e has an accent on it. So, that's the French word for tea. Mm-hmm. And Siam, you know, is the old like I guess old name old for Thailand. Thailand, for Thailand yeah. And Thailand, used to be occupied by France. So, so our Thai tea is oh. made. It's not made with food coloring. You know, a lot of Thai teas have the like yellow. Number fifty or whatever in it, and um, that was gives like, it the orange color.
1: <laughs> and that's how you I did it.
2: <laughs> so, so we don't add food coloring or yellow number fifty to ours. Thank you. Uh, and then, and then we also make use real ground vanilla. Oh, um, cool. So, so the name what it came from was I was thinking like, well, the Thai iced tea would have been made back in the olden days before like the mm-hmm. fake vanilla flavor was created mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. fake food coloring was created. This is what it would be. So this, so it's a popular one.
1: Yeah. And you also make your own boba, so that you don't buy the so like we, crazy yeah. artificial stuff. So
2: we actually just stopped doing. Oh that no, right. J K. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm no, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a very. It's, it was something I like struggled with. All, um, what to do with it because. I, I never intended on having boba, uh-huh. and uh, we had so many people that asked for it, right, when we opened. I was like, well, shoot, I've got to, you know, right. all these people want it, and so I agreed that we would, or I like, committed to doing it, and then I quickly realized that I couldn't find any boba that didn't have added color, added preservatives, added flavor. It's like, well, shoot. I've already said that we're gonna do it, right? And I can't find a source, so we gotta make it ourselves. So we would make it ourselves, yeah. With just tapioca flour and water. Mm-hmm. So you're making your own tapioca pearls. Yeah. Whoa. And it was really, it's really simple. It's okay. Just, it's just very time consuming. Mm. And we tried to streamline it. Came up with a few different ways to make it faster. But what it was doing, and it was bringing in people who were looking for milk tea. Mm. And that's a very different product than what we have milk tea is extremely sweet um it doesn't highlight tea in any way it's more about
1: the sugar the sugar involved
2: and so what we would what we were seeing is people were coming in because we had boba and they were expecting milk tea and it's not what we had and then they were not enjoying what they had and so I was just like I don't you know Mm -hmm. I just want to refocus Mm-hmm. This isn't
1: what we're. This isn't the direction we're going in. Mm-hmm. So, so we actually just cut it out about a week ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've never had boba before, so I don't know I'm what only, it's about. But I've
0: only had it once. I don't. You know, it's a texture thing. Like I don't yeah, like. Yeah, pudding. about and. Like, yeah. You know, it's just squishy. Yeah. Stuff. And I think. I mean,
2: <laughs> I think it's a great business plan. There's somebody needs to open like a sole boba shop in Flagstaff mm-hmm. because they would do really well. It's just not where my heart is. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it was. Um, yeah, I can't tell you, like, when, once we decided not to do it, I felt like this energy, just, this bad energy just left. It felt such, <laughs> I was, like, so relieved about Because whenever anybody would order a drink with boba, I was always so worried, like, oh, my gosh, they're not going to, like, it's, it's not going to be sweet enough, right. they're not going to like it. And I was, I didn't realize how much I was, like, carrying on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. So once we stopped doing it, it just so much better. <laughs> and we haven't had backlash like I thought we would. Right. Like we've had some people like, oh, you know, they're they definitely upset that we don't have anymore, but I mean, there are other places, in fact, that you can go. Yeah. yeah. So it's
0: just, just not here anymore. Yeah. Well, I think that makes, yeah. I you know, I think that's really, actually, a really great story because I think, you know, I was thinking today, you know, we, we've gone from Zero tea houses to three in Flagstaff, and you all are also unique and different and special. And I think it's important for you to stand out from the pack to know what you're good at and know what you stand for, and not try to be too diverse. Yeah. Or yeah. not to be
1: trendy. Like, definitely. Especially if it doesn't feel good to do that. Yeah,
2: like, and it was definitely a reactionary thing on my part. I, you know, being a brand new business, you're just so, like, flex oh, staff. my <laughs> gosh. Like, i got to get customers <laughs> in right. the door. What's yeah. going to bring them in the door? And, yeah. blah, blah, okay, well, I'll do it. And then, <laughs> so, and, it, and also uh, something I heard recently was, you know, as a, as a small business or any business in particular, if you... Um, if you're trying to please everybody, you're pleasing nobody to the fullest mm-hmm. extent. Right? Mm-hmm. So I chose to just we're not gonna we're not gonna have that anymore, and we're just gonna really I'm just focused on the customer that I always had in mind. Yeah,
0: so, great, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think do you have any more questions, Carrie? I don't Carrie? think so. All right, well, we're gonna take a little break and let Christine make us some yummy tea to taste, and then we'll be back to talk talk tea instead yeah. of business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right.
2: Okay, so what I have here, uh, I've picked out four green teas. Um, two of them are Japanese green teas, and two of them are Chinese green teas. And well, the reason why I picked these is I think green tea is one is like the avenue a lot of times that people will take to start venturing into single origin teas. It will get they'll brew it incorrectly. <laughs> they'll not like it and then they'll leave. So, <laughs> so, I think it's um it's a good it's it's something that I think yeah, if people could knew how to properly brew green tea, it would be a different experience altogether. So, um, so we'll go through that, and then also the differences. So yeah, they look different. Yeah, they're all oh, very yeah. different. Yeah. Um the size of the Chinese, leaves, the color. Yeah, Chinese green teas are. I think that they're a lot more diverse than a Japanese than Japanese green teas. Um, they definitely have very different flavor profiles. Uh, the Japanese green teas will oftentimes have more of like. That umami, like brothy minerality taste mm-hmm. that sometimes people will associate with like a seaweed taste. Oh, okay, yeah. And then Chinese green teas are very different. They're maybe, actually, you know, they're so varied within it within China, also. But they're more. Um, I think they're like they taste sweeter. They're maybe not so. They don't have that same like seaweed taste that people will associate a lot of times with green tea. And the reason why, and I don't know if this is true, it's been explained to me this way, is, you know, Japan is an island nation, so basically all of the soil has picked up the same type of, like, mineral content as the ocean. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, okay. So
2: you'll end up having the same flavor profiles, Mm -hmm. whereas China, you know, the teas are grown more inland, really high elevation typically, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't necessarily have that same, like, ocean, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, flavor. Um... (laughs) So, I don't know if that's true. It makes sense to me.
0: So, yeah, I, was just, I go for it. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it's kind of like wine or coffee, mm-hmm. where, you know, we talk about the terroir. Yep. So, tea is the same yes. way. Okay. Oh, very much so, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay, so, what we have here, um, first, Japanese green teas. So we have a gyokuro, and if you look at this one compared to the other Japanese green tea, um, this one, the gyokuro is a uh, shade-grown green tea. Is that why
0: it's darker? Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: And the reason being is once it's shade grown, um, so it's shade grown not for its whole life. It's only for the last couple weeks or so. They'll put shades over the tea plants, and what that does is the 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 plant kind of freaks out. It's like it's not getting as much sunlight, mm-hmm. so it starts to boost its chlorophyll production.
0: Oh, okay. Which oh. results in a
2: deeper color. Oh, that's cool. And, and that's also... Um, a similar tea is a matcha. Uh, matcha is traditionally, is shade-grown um, as well. So so this is a gyakuru. Um And then this other one is, this is actually a first flush. It's a non-shade-grown Japanese green tea. That's a, that's a first flush tea. So you can compare and contrast these two. So I'll just put some in our little cupping set. Now when you're doing a traditional cupping, um, or tea tasting You'll actually like Brew the tea really hot And really long Not and, and the reason why you're doing that Is you're You're really like Like say you're like Test driving a car Like you're gonna like Go as hard As like fast as you can right. To really see if there's any like Any issues Yeah So we're not gonna do A traditional cupping Cause we're not like You know mm-hmm. Buying the teas or anything We're just gonna Try to get their flavor profiles So Okay so those are the Japanese green teas Now the Chinese green tea. So this one is a Dragon Well or a Longjing. So this is a very traditional um, Chinese green tea. It's really, like, it's a very light green tea. This is one that I would recommend for somebody who's never ventured into single origin green teas. Um, yeah, this
0: just a really nice
2: balanced flavor profile
0: so one of the things I'm noticing is that the leaves for the Japanese ones are really fine and then those are huge yeah so what is that about is that just the type of plant, or how long it's been grown or so that the this the
2: really the leaf variety in the loose leaf will come out during the tea processing so in Japan a lot of times so you'll find the Japanese green teas oftentimes will be in this loosely form, will be much fine, like smaller pieces, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas the Chinese ones, um, well, even I mean these these two are even so different. Yeah. So it's really just with the. It's oh, just okay. how it's processed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also if the if the tea has been. De stemmed and de veined, then the process of doing so will really break up the tea. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, especially with like an oolong, like after you see an oolong, you can literally unfurl the whole and you'll have like whole leaf, like it's completely intact. Okay. Oh. So it definitely, it just depends on, yeah, the processing. Okay. And why would it be de stemmed and deveined? Um. So the stems and the veins sometimes will. They'll just change the flavor profile oh, okay. of the okay. of the final cup, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with quality. Uh, I mean, when you're doing when you're like doing a matcha, the ste- the leaves are deve- deveined and de-stemmed. Okay. Um, but that's just because that's what matcha is. It doesn't right. mean it's like, yeah, it, just every tea has its own, um,
0: yeah, has its own process. In. Okay, and that's what makes each of them different. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. Cool. Um, so then, this last Chinese green tea is Emperor's Clouds and Mist. This one is more of like a rolled leaf, um, and this one I think is really this is one of my favorites green teas. It it's a high elevation grown green tea. It um, it ha- I think it's really soft and it's almost sweet tasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's definitely like a green tea that
0: people don't necessarily
2: wouldn't necessarily have
0: tried before. So I know when we met with Heather, and she talked about, like, how much tea to put in for steeping. Yes. Uh, She is more is better. Yes. (laughs) What is your? You sound like you agree with that opinion. Yes.
2: Yeah, so there's definitely, in the Western world, uh, we tend to steep our teas very, for a long time, and not very much tea at all. And that's uh, another reason I think why people don't really like tea is because you're not... (laughs) It's not. A, it's very watery, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what she's referring to is maybe more of a an Eastern style or a, a it's also called gongfu brewing, where the the ratio of leaf to water is much much more uh, leaf than than what we're used to in the traditional in, in the Western world. So so what we do here is we kind of we don't go all like all the way gongfu, mm-hmm. um, but we definitely have much more leaf uh, to water than. Cool. Then you'll find in like you know, like a little tea bag. It's like I would only put like four ounces of hot water if you have like a tea bag around. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so what I have here is um hot water. So I I poured it from our dispenser at 190 degrees. Um it's then cool, it's you know, it went into a cold container, so it's cooled down to probably around 180, maybe even a little bit less. And that's really where I would recommend brewing green teas, like 170 to 180. And you don't want to brew them for much longer than, I wouldn't go past two minutes. I tend to like my teas brewed not very long at a lower temperature. Cause I don't like that tannic taste. You know, I like even in wine, I'm not a fan of the tannic bitter taste. So if you brew it cooler for a longer time, it, will, um, it won't bring out that flavor profile. So, we'll just brew these for about a minute and a half.
0: So, you were saying if you're tasting, say, to decide if you want to purchase it, you go through Mm -hmm. a much longer steep. And is that to really explore what all the flavors are? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you'll brew it for
2: much, um, yeah, much hotter for Mm -hmm. a longer, longer period. And that's, yeah, you're really... I mean, and you have to have a lot of experience to be able to distinguish, I okay. mean, you'll look to people that are, you know, going to taste to purchase mm-hmm. teas, I mean, they'll have like 30 teas that are all, they all look the same, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. and and they're all brewed, yeah, really hot and long, and they're, yeah. they're, their palate is just so developed that they're, they're able to pick out the,
0: the good ones. So I'm kind of, I love wine and I've been, I just finished a book on wine tasting and um, sommeliers and things like that yeah. and so I I would assume there's some similarities in like if you're wanting to taste or to buy or just whatever but how do you manage if say you're say you have someone who comes in and wants to sell you tea mm-hmm. and they're doing a tasting with you how do you balance how do you not get taste fatigue how do you balance all that out how does that work um
2: well. You know, I haven't,
0: I can't say that I've had that issue. Oh, <laughs> and there aren't very
2: many people out there trying to sell pedal petal tea on the, um, at least not in America. Okay. <laughs> but um, I would, I don't know, I think, you know, I think it, a lot of, like very similar to wine. It's just every tea is so, um, I think it's so special in its own way. And I, and one, one approach I've taken with the menu is not to think it's, you know, set in stone, it's going to change. Sure. You know, if I find a new tea that mm-hmm. I think is really awesome, then I'm gonna put it on the menu, and maybe I'll have to take something off, maybe okay. not, but okay. it's definitely, um, I don't
0: know, always, always excited to try new things. Do you do yeah. a lot of that then? Are you constantly kind of researching what's out there and asking for samples? And- yes, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: yeah, we did just get this one tea in, it's a white tea, and it looks really incredible. Um, but unfortunately, um,
0: it doesn't,
2: not super thrilled with how it tastes, um, but it smells really cool. It's like, yeah, teas are just so, <laughs> you can either get it for like how it looks or, um, how, the, how it smells. It smells really incredible too, but then the, the actual like final leaf is like not, it's not really there, which is interesting. So cupping is a very messy thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's so cool. Oh, the suction is amazing.
2: Yeah, so once you... Um, yeah, you really try to get the... Because you can do, like, an evaluation on the dry leaf, and then you do an evaluation, you know, of the um, the brood leaf, and actually, like, before, when you, before you flip it over and get the... You actually smell it. Mm. and then you can kind of you can you do an evaluation on every on all the senses but you can also smell the um the brood leaf
0: that looks like chopped spinach yeah <laughs> isn't it it's really the color is so different in mm-hmm. all of them
2: yeah i mean this one like literally t- smells like
0: seaweed oh it does right? yeah <laughs> uh-huh the, the cucumber. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also interesting to see, as you said, how much some of them have really expanded. Yeah. Um, and some have not with the water mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Let me get it. A messy business. All right. So,
2: yeah, you can just see the difference in um, in the color even. So this one, um, yeah, the Gyokurus jumped definitely have a very like emerald green mm-hmm. um liquor and then this one is def- is a little bit more almost looks a little bit more brothy mm-hmm. um, the dragon Hell, like i said it's extremely light green tea mm-hmm. so it's even evident in the in the liquor color and then the emperor's clouds and this is a more like sweet um, thick tea so even the color kind of
0: yeah makes sense with the with the different types. Um,
2: let's
1: see. It'll be interesting to see if I find a green tea that I like. Kind of. Single green origin green tea. Did you tell her you weren't a big green tea? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so
2: we can use boons to taste. Okay. And smell. Should we start in a specific order? Or does that really matter? Um, I would do the compare and contrast these two? The, yeah, then, the Japanese and then the Chinese maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah so you, you can smell. really That uh, one is the seaweed one That
1: one? Yeah And this, then? Yeah, this one probably mm-hmm. also smells very also, similar. Also, yeah mm-hmm. But I think the first one
0: is stronger Yes. It's also, I can smell the salt Yeah Yeah, they both have a, they smell like the ocean Yeah, yeah They yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely do Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. So then just take a little bit of yep. on our spoon? Yeah
1: tastes like the ocean yeah
0: <laughs> but but it's, not, salty. but
2: it's not too bitter
1: no um that's definitely mm. oh i feel like that one is definitely stronger than the first one yeah
2: mm-hmm. and it could be because this one is a first flush oh
1: so
0: remember that one right is gonna have yeah the more compounds mm-hmm.
2: and that's so yeah that's a good compare and contrast of yeah. the two different types
0: Yeah, there's definitely not any bitterness like you sometimes associate mm-hmm. with some green teas. Yeah. They're just very light, and they just taste green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate yeah. to say that, <laughs> but but I mean, it tastes like, yeah, it tastes like the ocean, and then there's this kind mm-hmm. of a fresh, mm-hmm. green, green yeah. clean flavor to them. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so then the Chinese ones, um, yeah, this one, they smell very different than...
0: Yeah,
1: i them the Japanese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they smell different with each other yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that smells like grass and yeah. corn. Yeah. <laughs> and that one is almost like a sweeter smell for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This
1: one definitely, I feel like, is not bitter. It has like a more, um, what is it called? Not sweet, but savory. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That one. That yeah. one versus Yeah, then that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the dragon well. Yes. And then this is the Emperor's Cloud. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. They smell good though. Yeah. Very light.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, a, yeah, it's a good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good introductory green tea. Yeah, it's not bitter at all. Yeah, it doesn't have any of those CBD tastes. Yep, it's very different than I think what people typically associate with green tea. Hmm. Yeah, very diff-
0: yeah. That are
1: different. Yeah, they're both very different. Yeah, compared to like the two.
2: Yeah, Japanese green teas tend to be very more similar. Yeah. amongst them. Um, and then, you know, Chinese are definitely, there's a lot more variety. Right,
1: and it's a bigger country. Yeah, Japan. there's a lot more grown <laughs> yeah. conditions. Yeah. And,
2: yeah, definitely. And that's where so tea originated in, like, the very southern part of China. Oh, okay. So it has it actually has more of a history in China. And you'll get, you know, black, I mean, all you'll get all the different types of teas are grown in China, whereas Japan really only has green tea. Yeah, you can get like, they are starting to produce different
1: teas, but it's pretty much just green tea. I feel like this one has like a smoky flavor to it.
0: Yeah, almost like a little bit of bonfire on the end of it. (laughs) Yeah! So good though. What? Did you say they're good? Yeah. Did you know Carrie
1: doesn't like green tea? I don't like green tea, yeah. Except for, you could drink one of these? Yeah. I think that the Emperor's Cloud is my favorite. That's the Dragon Well. Oh, the Dragon Well, Well. yeah. Yeah. That one's my favorite. Yeah. And then probably that one. And then these two are tied. (laughs) Yeah. I could take (laughs) either one. Don't
0: break the glass, Carrie. So remind me, what makes this one darker than this one? Um, just the well, it's it could have to do with it,
2: you know, looking at the, the loose leaf, mm-hmm. this one, the Emperor's cousin, does it look like it's a little bit okay. Um, I mean, they're both green tea, so they're technically not oxidized, mm-hmm. but to get like a fully unoxidized tea is sometimes really difficult because mm-hmm. um, it's like you know, it's like when you cut an apple, okay, like it immediately will mm-hmm. start to oxidize, so even just like after you know after harvest how quickly it gets steamed oh. will that can change uh, its oxidation levels yeah. and then a black tea is
0: fully oxidized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so so mean, uh, I think you talked about this earlier but just as a reminder so if it's less oxidized, it has more health benefits as far as the, anti-ox- the antioxidants. Okay. yeah. So if you're wanting health benefits, you should go for a white or a green tea yes. um, over the black tea. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, black teas still have antioxidants in
2: them, it's but the the one that people really go for when they're you know, for the health benefits is the antioxidant EGCG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a catechins, which is a separate type of antioxidants. And that one is um yes it's really powerful. You can buy it in pill form. Mm-hmm. Like when people when you buy green tea pills, that's what they're okay. that's what they're trying to single out is the oh. ETCG. Um, it's also been promoted for weight loss, that kind of thing. Huh. Interesting. Cool. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So so these are yeah so these are some of our single origin green teas and then the we do have blended green teas that are maybe,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, more approachable. Um, and probably one of our best sellers yeah, is the jasmine green tea. People love jasmine green tea. And jasmine green tea is really interesting. It's, a, it's a, again, another traditional Chinese green tea mm-hmm. that's scented. So the way they do it is uh, they literally lay out the green tea mm-hmm. with jasmine flowers.
0: Oh. And tea has this
2: property where it's hygroscopic, meaning it'll absorb whatever scent it's next to. So, like, you don't want to be storing your tea next to an onion because it literally oh. would absorb that scent. And that's what allows it to be scented. Okay. Okay. So, like, the Lapsang Souchon, you can actually scent it. Um, so, jasmine tea is another scent, traditional scented tea. And, they, yeah, they literally lay the jasmine flowers out next to the,
1: oh. like, within,
2: within the, the tea. And then they'll take them out. Cool. Um, and then it keeps the, the flavor. Nice. For the, the scent. So, yeah, jasmine's really popular. And then we have this one blended jasmine tea that we blend with um cardamom lemongrass and pineapple mm. and that one
0: is that one's more popular as well cool i'm eyeing that white spice up there with the cinnamon yeah. orange peel hibiscus not right now but man that sounds great yeah for the it's really thyme. good yes it is a very good one yeah yeah and then the the dragon berry is
2: the dragon well green tea and then we just mix it with three dried strawberries Ooh. and so it's a very light very light tea i wouldn't okay. recommend it necessarily um iced. Well, I mean it is good ice, but you just have to know that it's very light, so Got you do want to I'm okay. gonna be careful not to water it down yeah. too much. But um, okay. that the strawberries actually go really well with the
0: with the dragon well. Cool. Yum. This is awesome. This is amazing. All right. Yeah. Well uh any last thoughts, on anything you want people to know? I guess we didn't say where you're located, but oh, um, yeah. you are located I was is it Sawmill or Aspen Place?
2: I you know, I think I think technically <laughs> what it is
0: is it's Aspen Place at the sawmill. Okay. So it's, oh, all of it together. Right? All right. So if you're or in Across from Wildflower. Yes. <laughs> so if you're in Flagstaff, um, you can find Mia Leaf across from Wildflower, which most bread company, which most people know, at Aspen Place at Sawmill, or next to REI, there's another good landmark. Yeah. And um, it's a beautiful space and as you can tell lots of amazing teas and Christine definitely knows what she's doing. And if you want to come in and visit, uh, she will give Books and Tea listeners a small discount of 10% off your first drink uh, if you use the code books and tea. So that's B-O-O-K-S-A-N-D-T-E-A. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay. All right. So we're going to continue on the road. We're still finalizing some details for our next stop. So stay tuned for what's going to happen with our next episode. But know that we're going to do a little more exploring around Flagstaff. All right. That's
1: it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter.